Okay. Take one. Pass it around. I think there's enough for everybody. If not, share. Choir, you may have to go find some that... Oh, I need one. Let me take one. Thanks. The, um, the brown and the white are the same. Note that. I know someone who is giddy, so happy, can't wipe the smile off their face. When they look outside, all they see are the vibrant colors. The sky is bluer than it normally is. Their sense of smell is acute. The world just seems possible and fabulous. And I know someone who is struggling. If they open this envelope, they'd go, I don't smell anything. What they see outside this window is not the amazing yellows and reds, but that we can now see through the trees and what remains are mostly the skeletal limbs. And yeah, the sky is bluer, but it doesn't feel any better. And so you think I'm talking about the election, don't you? (laughs) I am smarter than that. Maybe. What I'm talking about are people for whom the coming holidays are complicated. So there are people for whom the someone I know who is giddy, here's why they're giddy. After 35 years, for the first time in 35 years, great-grandparents, grandparents, parents and children are all going to be together for the Thanksgiving holiday. It is the first time that everyone's schedule, financial means, will, um, inclination have come together to be a family at a Thanksgiving meal. And every, all the, you go into the grocery store and all that, okay, everyone sniff. All the smells are, are reminders of this great joy that's coming. And so they can't wait for the holidays. And Christmas is going to be so much fun because what happens at Thanksgiving is you kind of find out what people really want. So you're not taking a stab in the dark and sending your nephew the dumbest thing that you know he's going to open it and go, I can't believe Aunt Kathy sent this. <laughs> Does she not know I'm 12 and then I'm already an adult and I'm mature? And then the person who is struggling and who feels like every reminder now of 
what is to come is a reminder of all the things they've lost. So this person has lost in this year both parents and a son and a nephew and the holidays and the smells and the reminders and the leaves falling and the music are all reminders of I have no idea how I'm going to get through the holidays. And everything is a little pinprick and a stab and a cut. The change of the weather. Whoa, it's coming. It's getting colder. Everything. It's amazing what reminds us. And I, and I have us with smells because science shows that our sense of memory, the link between our sense of smell and our brain is the most direct connection to memory. So, I just want to acknowledge that we are going through difficult times and exciting times and that everyone is all over the map and that we have to honor that and it may someone may go oh I'm so discouraged and you go why the sun is shining and our job is to be attentive to what someone's experience is and to hear them when their experience is not yours I want you to know that we have the command to take care of each other. That's part of our covenant that we say. And we formalize that with a caring team. So I'd like to introduce our caring team. And just as the board has yellow on, they all have blue ribbons. If you will stand, allow me to introduce Deborah Whitaker and Tara Saylor, chair of our committee, Carmen And Barbara Witt, Mary Gardner, Joanne House. They've lost two members for various reasons, and I've noticed these are all women. I want you to know that taking care of each other is not just women's work. So I invite some of you men who might be interested in, you can have a seat, formally supporting each other, and supporting this community to talk to Sarah and Deborah and say, I'd like to support you. And they do everything from, yes, someone dies and will call and find out what might, you might need or be a listening ear or they're doing research into, uh, we've created a list of psychologists who are safe in the sense that there are quite a few psychologists who make use of their religious background and tradition in their sessions. Which is fine as long as they're up front with it and it matches what you need. But I know some of you will be uncomfortable when your psychologist says, let's pray about this. We're working on a psychiatrist list. Um, we're working on the request we get most often, and this is a large problem, which is 
people begin to fall away because they can't drive at night or, or can't drive at all. And it's isolating, and we try and stay in touch with people. But Tulsa, Oklahoma is not designed for simple public transportation or transportation of the elderly. And as a church, well, anyway, I won't go into that. <laughs> it's a complex issue. It's economics. It's, it's about the geography and how our roads are already built or being repaired or whatever. Um, so I invite you all to, the church takes care of itself. Some people come to me and say, would you and expect me or the care team to do everything? And that's not what we're about. What we're about is empowering each of us to care for each of us, that that's what a community does. And part of that is paying attention. In chaplaincy, we talk about meeting someone where they are. And that means whether they are scared to death or, or thrilled to be having this surgery or whatever, that that's where we meet them. So I want to um, I want us to imagine that there are levels of being attentive and meeting people where they are. So back to what you have in your envelope. These aren't just random spices. One of the big pieces you have in here that's woody is a piece of cinnamon stick. And cinnamon stick really isn't a stick. You know, it's the outside, it's the bark of a tree. So the first level of being attentive to someone else is being first aware that there are differences. There's been a lot of talk this week about, oh, we're all in this together, we are. But if we don't acknowledge our differences, then you're not really paying attention to who's directly in front of you. And the bark of a tree is what we see first. There's that smooth bark and rough bark. It's what protects you from, it's a, a protection from the elements. So the cinnamon bark in there represents this first level of awareness of what it means to be together and in community. Namaste, I see the holy in you, but I also recognize that you're different. And I'm going to call that a third class, to use holiday language, because we're in part dealing with the holidays, third class elf. So if you are willing to walk around the world and just acknowledge that everyone else is different from you, then you are a third class elf and you... Every time you smell cinnamon, it's what I want you to think about. Can you smell the cinnamon note the cinnamon notes? A second class elf. So this is that next devil step of this is not only someone who recognizes and expects you to be different. This is really healthy for relationships, just saying. For those of you who've lived together 30 years or more and think, oh, I know everything about you. The second-class elf always wants to know more about the differences. 
is always curious. Oh, this Thanksgiving is hard? I'm sorry to hear that. Tell me more. Oh, you can't wait for Christmas? Tell me more. It's not about telling your own story unless you're asked. So in here are two flowering spices. One is clove and the other is pepper. Because those are parts of a flower. That's that willingness to show yourself and ask questions. It's a risk to ask questions. It's a deep risk, especially when someone doesn't agree with you. It's hard. So I expect us all, if you're a second-class elf, to flower and ask more about the difference. And if you meet resistance, you can't control what someone else does or says. You've done your part. Now the third-class elf. In here is a small piece of ginger root, candy ginger root, just just to make it go down easily like Mary Poppins with a little spoonful of sugar. Because ginger is root. It's, it's deep. So if you're willing to ask and be curious, the third class elf never assumes, always curious, and then takes this step and never, I don't use superlatives often, never puts down the other person. Never puts down. How can you not love Thanksgiving? What are you? Unfeeling? Christmas? You don't like Christmas? What is wrong with you? You must be stingy. Well, I picked elves not because, well, because they're diminutive but also because they are secular and they are worldwide. And often we feel like we have to do these great grand gestures to change the world, and I think, no, what we have to do is do our part. It often feels very, very small, very small. And elves are powerful. Scandinavian elves, Russian elves, there's, they, they, they are in folklore around the world. And yeah, I can't resist applying them to what's going on this week. It has been very hard to think about how I can put this week in context for myself and for us. I've been worried about preaching because I'm trying to create a place where we hold each other and our differences, which... If you've been with us for the last month or almost 50 years, that's the work we do nonstop. But sometimes it feels fresher or it feels raw-er. More raw, I guess that's accurate. So let's apply our elve levels. OU third class elves. If you were shocked this week... 
by the election buildup and the election results and, and how people have responded, I'm going to say, I'm not sure you've been paying close enough attention to everyone's feelings and everyone's responses. I've had to check myself. Whether you were shocked about that things went your way or didn't, that means there's a whole half of our people that you weren't really taking seriously. Pull out that bark. If you're a second-class elf, then you want to know more about those differences. And it may take time. You may not be able to this week go, okay, (laughs) you clearly have a very different worldview and make different choices. Help me understand the experiences that brought you where you are. Help me understand. And the third class elf does that, and if it's met with profanity, grotesque generalizations, racism, then the third class elf is the one who says, stop. That is not acceptable. I have to say what the election has done for me is made me much more aware of the times that I have used a broad brush to talk about my fellow citizens. And it has made me aware of my own arrogance, the, own, my, the attention I've paid to social media that was uh, skewed in a way I liked it. Yeah! <laughs> so we have spent a lot of time empowering ourselves. You know, I'm not going to use that word. We have spent a lot of time feeling powerful by paying attention to just part of our humanity. And our task is really to find deeply those who have been hurting and ask them how and why, and also to pay very close attention to those who are deeply afraid and scared now. I expect us all to be third-class citizen elves. And the reason I've given you this is also so when you feel alone, I want you to have this and remember what it means to pay attention to the outside of someone, to know they're going to be different, to notice how they flower and project themselves but to dig deep into the roots of what is really going on in someone's experiences. And this isn't just for post-election. This is how we're going to live our lives. And we're going to hold each other accountable when we step out of third-class elf and start spouting um, broad, hateful generalizations. Hogwash. Call me on it. I'm going to call you on it. I'm going to figure out how to be effective in the world 
calling the world on it. I want everyone to be able to be alive enough and feel part of our nation and part of our world so that they can always smell what's in this envelope, so that their senses are fully alive, so that they feel safe, and that the gifts they have to give are valuable, and that their perspective, which is different, is valued. May it be so. It says we're going to sing a hymn. No. We're going to take up our collection for global gardens.